everyone and welcome to this podcast. My name is Anastasia Madanidou and I'm a rheumatology trainee based in the UK. Today we're talking about lupus and dapirolizumab. I'm delighted to be joined today by Professor Richard Fury. Professor Fury, we've got your paper which was published in the Rheumatology Journal about the phase 2 placebo control trial of dapirolizumab in lupus. So firstly, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a few words about who you are? Sure. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, my name is Richard Fury, and I'm the chief of the Division of Rheumatology at Northwell Health. And today I'll discuss a recently published article entitled A Phase Two Randomized Placebo Controlled Trial of Dapirolizumab, PEGOL, and I might refer to it as DAPI for short, just because that's easier, in patients with moderate to severe active systemic lupus erythematosus. And for a little background, The attack on lupus with novel therapies has been rather eclectic. The targets have included B cells and T cells, plasmacytoid dendritic cells, and more recently plasma cells. But we've also targeted many different cytokines, including B cell growth factors such as bliss and April, as well as interferons. So as far as this program with anti-CD40 ligand or dapirolizumab goes, Let's go back a lot of years. In fact, let's go back to the 1990s when lupus drug development was in its infancy. And one particularly attractive target was CD40 ligand, a protein on T cells that interacts with CD40 on B cells. The scientific rationale behind inhibiting this interaction is that one could significantly affect immune response and in the case of autoimmune diseases, autoimmunity. Studies in lupus and lupus nephritis were conducted but they were terminated because of thrombotic complications. Once the mechanism of thrombosis was understood, a re-engineered anti-CD40 ligand antibody was created. It was felt that the FC of the antibody was mediating platelet aggregation. Therefore, a construct without FC was developed. Early studies with dapirolizumab were conducted in lupus. There were no safety signals and biologic effectiveness was observed. These studies served as the foundation for the phase two study, which is a rather typical lupus study. Enrolled patients had active disease, which meant a sleet eye of six or greater, a clinical sleet eye of at least four, and a bilag A or two Bs. They could come into the study on background steroids, antimalarials, or immunosuppressives. The primary objective of the study was to determine a dose response using the week 24 Bickler response rates. Bickler response rate was a key secondary, and there were four arms, placebo, low dose was six milligrams per kilogram, intermediate dose was 24 milligrams per kilogram, and the highest dose was 45 milligrams per kilogram. Each group was composed of about 45 patients. Patients received intravenous drug every four weeks for 24 weeks, after which they remained in the study receiving their background standard of care to determine whether the effects of the intervention were sustained. The study population, like most of our lupus trials, consisted of 90% females. The average sleet eye score was around 10 to 11. DNA antibodies were present in over half of the patients and low complements also present in a little over half of the patients. Nearly 90% of the patients were on background steroids two-thirds were on anti-malarials, and a little over a half were on immunosuppressants. Now back to the endpoint. The endpoint was the dose-response 
which was chosen to enable selection of a model from which a single dose could be confidently carried forward to phase three. So it's not our typical endpoint for an SLE trial. But the advantage of this type of endpoint is that if there was success, we could move forward to just one dose as opposed to multiple doses, which always affects our need for patients. So that was the endpoint. Now, as far as achievement of the endpoint, none of the four dose response models achieved statistical significance. So in short, the primary endpoint was not met. However, if one looks at Bickler response rates, there was a very nice step up in the Bickler response rate with the maximum effect size of about 15 percentage points seen at week 24. Responses fell off a little bit during the second phase of the study, which again was an observation period after which the experimental drug was stopped. Flares were far less frequent in those who received DAPI and serologic improvements in DNA antibodies and complements were observed as well. So in summary, although the primary endpoint was not attained, secondary clinical and pharmacodynamic endpoints were in fact achieved. The drug was well tolerated, there was no thrombosis, and the safety profile was quite acceptable. So this phase two program served as the foundation for phase three, and the phase three program is currently enrolling patients. Thank you, Professor Furi. This was a great overview of your paper. May I ask you two more questions, please? Sure. I found interesting that the retention rates were very high, over 95% for the 24-week double-blind period and over 90% for the full 48-week study. Any thoughts about it and how did you manage to achieve this? Well, retention is always a tribute to the patients as well as to the investigators. But I would say on average in our lupus trials, at about one year, we generally retain about 80 to 90% of our patients. We'd love to have a 100% retention rate, but it doesn't happen. And you know, one thing to keep in mind, when a patient drops out, regardless of why they drop out of a study, generally, the imputation method that's used is non-responder imputation. So even if a patient is doing well and for whatever reason has to drop out of the study, they're considered a non-responder if they prematurely leave the study. So it's a tough method of imputation. I see, thank you very much. And one last question, please. You're recruiting now for the phase three study. And I'm wondering if you will keep the same primary endpoint or do you have any plans about changing it? Oh, well, the endpoint used in this phase two is not your typical endpoint for a clinical trial in lupus. The advantage of this dose response modeling is that if one achieves a model that achieves statistical significance, then you can go into the next phase of study with a fair amount of confidence about the dose and just use one dose. Otherwise, you need at least one dose, if not at least two doses. And that means several arms for the study, it means more patients, and it just is harder. So it's very appealing to go into the next phase of drug development with just one dose. But the secondary endpoint was the Bicla response, and we did see a nice effect size, you know, albeit in the teens, but I think effect sizes in the teens is going to be a a way of life for us in lupus. 
And so that was enough, as well as you know some of the other endpoints that were achieved to move forward to phase three. And the phase three use is a typical endpoint, you know, a clinical endpoint. Thank you very much, Professor Furry. It has been a very good discussion today. I encourage our listeners to have a look at the paper entitled Phase 2 Randomized Placebo Control Trial of Dapirolizumab in Patients with Moderate to Severe Active Systemic Lupus Erythematosus. Thank you once again, Professor Furry, for talking to me today. You're quite welcome.